Hallelujah. The rest of you, I have a question to ask, a few questions, and then I'm going to introduce our uh, Paul up here to share his testimony with us today. But how many know that we're living in the final moments of the last days? I mean, the final moments. We don't have much more time left. Time as we know it is accelerating at such a supernatural pace, it's hard to keep up, isn't it? It's hard to even just fathom some of the things that are happening one after another. We're living in a highly prophetic season, a highly prophetic season. The heavenlies are charged. God is moving like never before. We have seen things time and time again. I was just thinking about it this morning. The Lord just gave this to me this morning. Uh, He woke me up early, and he was reminding me just in the past eight years, eight years alone, the Lord has given us prophetic signs in the heavenlies. Remember back in uh, 2014 and 2015, the four consecutive blood moons on four feast days of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, that doesn't happen very often. It only happened at select times. We talked about that. Amen. Then we talked, because in Genesis 1.14, it says, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and for years. We're not talking about astrology. Amen. That's wrong. That's occultic. But astronomy, God has put the stars, he's put the moon, he's put the galaxies, he's put them together. And back in ancient days, uh, in the Old Testament, they would use that as guides. How do you think they they knew where Jesus was? They saw that star in the sky. Amen. But we've seen that, haven't we? We've seen other things. We saw the great eclipse that happened in 2017 in August. We saw the great revelation sign of the two constellations of Virgo and Leo coming together. That, that was a picture of Revelation chapter 12. Come on, we've been there. We've seen God has been showing stuff to us. It's been a billboard all around us. And it's saying that Jesus is coming back. Amen. He then raised up a president after the likeness of King Cyrus over our nation to expose the filth and the corruption in this nation. Amen. He was sent. He was one. I don't care what anybody says. President Trump got into office in 2016 by the hand of God and God alone. That's the only reason he got in there. Who would have ever thought in the natural that that a TV celebrity and a businessman, a business executive would ever be president of the United States? But God sought for it because God had a purpose for him to get in there. Amen. Likewise, who could have ever predicted COVID-19 and how that would rock our whole world? How the devil tried to shut down the church and tried to silence the voice of God. Amen. And then whether you want to accept it or not, it was also God who allowed an imposter administration to follow on the heels of President Trump. And in Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7, it says, For exaltation comes neither from the east nor the west nor from the south, but God is the judge. God is the judge. He puts down one and exalts another. We know Romans 13.1, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. Why? For there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Now, God could have stopped the cheating in our election. He could have stopped Biden from getting in as president. He could have kept Trump in for a second term. But just as he rose Trump up in 2016, it was 
God's decision. And I don't care what the prophets say. They can say all that they want. But God is the one that allows everything because God is God. He is sovereign. We don't even understand him. How can we understand our own ways? You know what it says in the book of Job? The book of Job, 26, chapter 26, verse 14, it says, listen, this is, this is an awesome scripture. It says, indeed, these are the mere um, edges of his ways. These are the mere edges of God's ways. And how small a whisper we hear of him, but the thunder of his power, who can understand? Sometimes we are so, so caught up in everything that's happening around us here in this world, we forget that there's a sovereign God and he has everything under control. And he has a plan and he has a purpose. We can't understand it. Amen. Because truly, all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. And so what we need to ask, and Brother Paul, I'm going to give you some time. But what we need to ask is, God, what is your purpose? What is your purpose? Not my purpose. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And the sooner, you guys, we get to that revelation that it has to be his kingdom and his will, his will and his kingdom, then guess what? We can take a chill pill and we can just relax. We don't have to get into our temper tantrums. We can just relax and say, okay, God, I don't understand it, but you got this covered. It's called trust. We trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. We don't lean on to our own understanding. In all of our ways, we acknowledge him and he directs our steps. We trust in the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, trust in the Lord. So now, we see this inflation happening and this economic downturn is happening. I don't know why it's happening. God's got a purpose. God's got a plan. There's not one of us in this house that's going to starve to death. There's not one of us that's going to lack because we don't operate under the, the economy of this world. As a believer in Christ, we, we are part of a godly kingdom, and that kingdom supersedes any natural kingdom of this world. That's if you're sowing into the kingdom. That's if you adhere to the kingdom, of course. But we're citizens of heaven first, and then citizens of the United States, secondly. In highly prophetic seasons, we must stay hidden in God, church. We must stay fully aligned with him. We must trust in him. We must pray for his will always to be done. And for us to to just trust him. I I, I can't, that is so big inside of me. Just trust in me, son. Just calm down. Just trust in me. It's okay. Just trust in me. I know it doesn't seem normal. I know it doesn't make sense. But just trust in me. Amen. So now, what happened on Friday? The Supreme Court recently ruled and overturned Roe v. Wade. How amazing is that? Pastor Parsley said this, For nearly 50 years, I, along with millions of others pro-life Americans, have prayed for this day, and we can rejoice in the breakthrough for life. The U.S. Supreme Court has reversed Roe v. Wade decision as a result of its finding for the state of Mississippi in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. Scott 
Fishbach, the executive director for Minnesota Concerns for Life, sent this. Today's the day. The Supreme Court has overturned Roe v. Wade. So many of you have worked so hard for this day. It's a day to rejoice. Roe v. Wade caused tremendous harm. More than 63 million lives have been lost, including close to 700,000 here in Minnesota. Countless women and men have been wounded. Make, mo make no mistake, though, overturning Roe does not end abortion. It means Americans are free to decide their abortion laws again. No longer is the Supreme Court imposing an extreme policy of abortion on demand across the nation. So what is God doing? He's, been, he's doing what I have been telling all of you for years. He is setting up the church. He's raising us up and he's putting us in the spotlight. All eyes of the world are going to be looking now on the church. As this economic downturn, and you know, the news says it's global. It's not all global. There's some nations that are thriving right now, okay? So don't listen to that lie. Although it is affecting a lot of other countries, because just like a family, what happens with one person in the family happens to everybody. So what happens with one nation in this world affects other nations, okay? But there's some countries that are doing really well right now, economically. But God is setting up the church. He's setting up the church to take center stage. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 5, real quick. Chapter 5, starting in verse 13. Let's listen to the words of our Lord Jesus. He said, you, he's speaking of you and I, we are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? That's a question Jesus is asking. It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. He goes on to make another statement that's amazing. He says, you... Speaking of you and me, the church, we are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that it gives light to all who are in the house. He tells us in verse 16, that this is the conclusion of what he's saying. He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's read that all together, that last verse. Come on with me. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. So with this Supreme Court ruling, how are we going to respond as a church? How has the church responded to the supernatural signs in the sky? Well, I heard some people in the church, not just this church, when I say church, church universal, I heard some people after the last blood moon get on uh, talk shows and say, oh, those people are crazy. They started to mock people like John, uh, John Hagee and Mark uh, uh, Blitz and some of those that were really out there talking about this. Hmm. They started mocking them. How did we respond? How did the church respond to the Trump presidency? Think about it. Some of us got really emboldened. And we thought, finally. But where was the love? Right. How has the church responded to the stolen election in the Biden presidency? 
How has the church responded to the pandemic? That almost split the church right in half. And we're still feeling the effects of the pandemic. There's still people that haven't come back to church yet. Churches are closing their doors left and right. People don't see the church as being significant. How has the church responded to this inflation and economic downturn? Well, praise God, this church is still going strong because we preach on giving. And you guys are great givers. Don't stop your giving. Don't stop your giving. Can I tell you something? We, st- we ended the year at 83000 in our money market account. Guess where we're at today? 101000 in our money market account. We haven't missed one bill, and we're not going to miss one bill. Guess we are giving to other organizations, other ministries. We're at 23% of everything we've taken in has gone out to other ministries. We're not going to stop our giving. That's our lifeline. How is the church going to respond to this ruling? In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul's speaking to the church in Corinth. Starting in verse 1 of chapter 3, he says, I and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to, a spirit, as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now, you were not able to receive it. And even now, you are still not able, for you are still carnal. Why were they still carnal? He tells us right now. For where there is envy, number one, Where there's strife, number two, and number three, divisions, envy, strife, divisions, among you, you, uh, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Church, I was going to start this this series on binding and loosing, which I'm going to do next week. I'm going to start that next week. And it's not the way you think it is. But let me tell you something. You are not a mere man or woman. If you've given your heart to Jesus Christ, you're a supernatural man or woman of God. You have the light of God inside of you, and you are to let Jesus shine. You have the salt to season and preserve this world. We're the only moral compass that there's going to be to this world. When the Lord calls us home and he raptures the church and the Holy Spirit goes with us, guess what? It's going to be awful. You think it's bad now? Just wait until the Holy Spirit leaves and the church goes with the Holy Spirit. We're coming together, church. We're coming together. The church is coming together. Because if we let, if we let envy and strife, well, they got this going, they got that, they believe this, who cares? All of it is opinions of man. It's really doctrines of demons that has gotten into the church to keep the church apart. But we got the Holy Spirit living inside of us. Amen. And the Holy Spirit unites and brings us together. And there's actually love. There's love. Believe that? Love in the church. Love covers a multitude of sins. I tell you that all the time. When you walk in love, you're walking in the Spirit. When you walk in love, you're not nitpicking and looking at every little uh, deficiency. Listen, none of us have arrived. 
All the more reason, Brother Paul, get up here. You're going to give your testimony. All the more reason why we need to, in the body of Christ, we need to be awakened to our sonship in Christ. It's the only thing that's going to bring the glory of God. It's the only thing. We have to know who we are in Christ. Some of you say, I know who I am in Christ. Are you walking in victory every day? Is every one of your prayers answered? None of us have arrived. None of us. But we're getting there. And we're going to get there together. And women, you are stronger together. That's the theme. And that's really the theme for this whole, we're stronger together. Let's come together, church. Let's come together. Let's do this thing together. Let's, get in, let's bring in the harvest together. Amen? Because when one church in Rochester is prospering, we all prosper in Rochester. Amen? Amen. So Brother Paul, it was supernatural how this all happened. I just happened to be preaching. You can take that 